Kristen, and you're listening to Podcast and Amplify, a podcast for women entrepreneurs who want to amplify their voice and brand through podcasting and grow a wildly successful business. I'm the executive producer and host of two shows and an entrepreneur, and I love helping women grow their visibility, mindset, and business to the next level. Each week, I share tips on how to launch and leverage your podcast, and I'm bringing on the very best business leaders to give you advice on how to build your business empire. Let's amplify your voice and business. Welcome back to the show. Today, I'm excited to have Maria Javier on the show. She's a life coach for communities of color. She helps communities of color find safety, confidence, energy, and the courage to just be them and go for their dreams. Welcome, Maria. I'm so excited to have you here. Thank you. Likewise, it's um, it's really exciting to be here as well. And I'm just glad to be able to share my voice. Yeah. So let's see. I think I saw you on an interview with I think my coach actually, and I just loved your vibe and I loved how you just really seem to have this like gentle spirit. And I know previously you worked with highly sensitive people and that's shifted a little bit. Um, so tell us a little bit about your journey and how you became a coach and what that looks like for you today. Yeah, um, I think you're right. Yeah, I think it was from an interview with Daisy, um, and she's awesome. <laughs> uh, but yeah, my journey um, really last year has been very, very much me discovering my own voice and kind of, you know, trudging through those challenges, especially as um, a woman of color, as a second generation, you know, daughter of immigrants, um, and someone who is new to the entrepreneurial space, new to the coaching space. Um, like you mentioned, I spent most of last year specifically serving um, BIPOC introverts and highly sensitive people. And recently after a really nourishing winter and a lot of reflection um, came out of that, realizing that, all right, things are evolving. And now my, my scope has expanded to being a life coach for just communities of color, because I found that a lot of the same issues um, were really affecting the larger group of communities of color. And a lot of the same tools and resources that I had sharpened in the process are just as applicable, just as powerful for the larger community. So here I am, um, you know, exploring what it means for me to have this new voice, this new me, um, this new identity, and um, I'm happy to share this experience here. Yeah, it sounds like it was definitely a time of evolution and expansion, and that's always exciting. Um, so I wanted to have you on to talk about, you know, what are some of the challenges that communities of color face when we go to claim our own identity, claim our own voice, um, as you know, I help women, female entrepreneurs start their podcast and share their voices. So I was really curious to talk to you about what does that look like? What are the specific challenges? Mm, yes, these are <laughs> so close to my heart and my own experience. Um, I mean, the first thing that comes up for me is 
this question of will I be safe if I claim my identity and I claim my voice, um, especially as, you know, communities of color, we've learned to just blend in so much, you know, um, code switching every day, whatnot, to survive, to meet societal definitions of success, to just feel worthy. So, you know, if we're operating from a place where safety meant fitting into others' definitions and preferences of our identity and our voice, well, not fitting in is going to mean I'm not worthy of love, I'm not worthy of support, I'm not worthy of protection, I won't be successful and thus I'm a failure, I won't survive, I won't be able to address basic needs because I won't get a job or whatever else. I mean, it's just this flurry of um, you know, red flags all tied down to safety and how safe am I going to be if I do claim my identity and my voice. Um, the other thing that comes through for me is this element of loneliness and isolation. Um, in my own experience, I really struggled with feeling that internal shift, starting to feel comfortable in a new kind of language and like just a new kind of energy and the words that I was saying and the things that I was interested in talking about, but then finding that in a lot of my relationships, a lot of my conversations with people that I had already built a relationship with, um, there was a distance in terms of them being to being able to understand me, um, me being able to just be myself and feel relatable, and you know, starting to wonder like, you know, who do I feel safe with now to share this new part of me that I'm so excited about, um, and because of that I, I went into my own periods of, of isolation. It was, it was scary to put myself out there in this new way and not be accepted by those who had previously accepted me or had known the identity of who I was before. Um, so that was another really big challenge. And then, you know, the other thing that comes up for me is just a lot of the same narratives can still carry over even when we claim our new identity and our new voice. Um, things like perfectionism, people-pleasing, those same concerns around worthiness, imposter syndrome. Um, you know, even as we play around using our, our new voice um, and our, you know, wearing our identity, those same elements of like, who is this um, going to Who's this going to please? Who is it not going to please? Um, what kind of impact is, gonna, is this going to have in the world around me? Um, am I going to be accepted? And a lot of the same shames, guilt, fears related to my story and my voice. Um, those challenges don't exactly go away. Um, and so I think it still ends up playing a role. And anyway, I, I get I get that it's a lot, right? Especially as um, communities of color. But let me talk for a sec about the value of us, especially as women of color, in taking up space on a stage of our own design. You know, it is very layered. I think that's what I'm hearing from the different aspects that you're talking about. Mm -hmm. It's not just one thing that's going to come up and be sort of confronting when you're putting your voice out there. Um, safety is a big thing, right? And 
I think what we hear a lot in marketing messaging, especially online, in order to stand out, be authentic, mm-hmm. show more of yourself, you know, and that's something that can be really scary for people because like you said, if you come from cultures that are used to assimilating and mm-hmm. hiding themselves, turning that to, oh, I'm going to show up as my full self. Like that's a really big shift. You know, you might see a lot of people coaching you to just go out there, put yourself out there, be, be real, but mm-hmm. that's not always safe for people. Right. Um, and the loneliness that you talked about, it's so true, especially if you're the first one in your family doing this entrepreneur thing or anything similar, like they're not going to get it. Right. And so that mm-hmm. is very isolating because you're like, wow, the people who always got me, they're not getting me as I'm evolving <laughs> right. and as I'm trying something new. And that, that can be very lonely, like you mentioned. Um, and then of course, all of the, oh, those narratives, those, those sneaky thoughts that come in and try and keep us down. But um, I think I just wanted to um, acknowledge that it is a very layered experience with a lot of things to, to consider a lot of things that you, you brought up that are like, yeah, we have to be conscious of, of those things. Yeah, definitely. And and it's, you know, it's something that not everyone um, understands or can relate to. So finding those people in your communities or even outside of your communities, right? Building new bridges and new communities to, to feel seen in your experience, to feel like my experience is completely valid right now. And in fact, I'm not the only one going through this um, is, is just such a powerful resource. Right. So you were going to talk about the importance and the value of sharing your voice. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I was, I was reflecting on, right. Some of these challenges and even just my own experience of, of how it was. And it was, it was just a lot. And, um, when I boil it down to like, all right, what is, what is the value of us, especially as women of color, um, in taking up space? Um, number one, our, our stories deserve to be heard. Um, and our passionate hearts, they deserve at the very least an audience of one, which is just you <laughs> at the very least, right? Whether or not, you know, you're thinking about the world that you want to share it with, like, do you want to be in your own audience of your own voice? And then, um, you know, in my own experience, again, just what I learned was creating safety within yourself gets you so grounded that no matter how bad a storm is around you, you know that you're going to be just fine. And it opens up this courage to play and explore with this lighter, carefree energy, because now you're not carrying all this baggage. And just like, you know, folks like me, folks like you, folks like those who are maybe listening to this podcast, just as much as you're out here looking for voices that you can relate to, you can probably be that same relatable voice for others, but no one will ever know it and no one will ever find you if you don't take back the mic, which I know we're here to chat about today. Yeah, I love that acknowledgement of how important it is for us to share our voices with others so that they can see themselves in -hmm. our stories and also sharing our voice just for ourselves because 
we should and we can and we have the opportunity and you know if you think about i think in no other time in history have we had such an opportunity so many different platforms to share our voice mm-hmm. and that's really powerful and i think you know like you said just owning it is so empowering and then thinking about the potential impact is even you know, it's even more exciting. Um, right. So you had mentioned when we were talking before about how we can be aware when we're giving out the mic. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was a really interesting phrasing of that. So I wonder if you, you can expand on that a little bit. Yeah. And, and I'd love to just um, start by sharing the visual of this analogy. Um, I'm, I'm a very visual person. So a lot of things kind of come through me that way. But you know, one day I realized um, it was like I had a mic, but I was pointing it out to everyone around me and, um, you know, really absorbing all of these other external voices, whether that's people around me, family, friends, community, or um, even ancestral voices, ancestral trauma that still carries through today. And I was still hearing a lot of those same narratives that were passed down to me. And one day I thought, well, what if I just took back the mic? What if I just pivoted that mic back to myself um, and turned up the volume? So that's where this analogy comes from. But yeah, like how do you even start with being aware that we're giving out the mic in the first place? So for me, um, I started noticing signs of overwhelm like the sensation of lots of voices talking at the same time in my head and certain statements like, I don't know, or I don't know what I want, or I know what I want, but I feel stuck or I feel restrained. Um, This sensation of, of, yeah, just overwhelm. And so I started to, um, you know, pause and reflect. and, And this is really my, my invitation to you is when you're having those sensations pause, reflect, and you can ask yourself certain questions like, where did I first learn about this? Um, And this being whatever those narratives or messages that are coming through to you. Um, Whose voice is this? Can I try to pinpoint? Is this my mother's voice? Is this my boss's voice? Um, What is the intention behind this voice? What is their intention for sharing this? Um, And how does it make me feel? using your senses, right, to kind of get that sense of how does it make it, how does it make me feel? Um, Can you sense a weight to it? Does it make me feel heavy? Does it make me feel light? Um, Getting a sense of your breath? Am I feeling like my breathing is kind of restrained or like I have the spaciousness to breathe easily? Um, Other things are like getting a sense of external factors are in play. Um, And what I mean by that is, for example, am I fearing judgment from others, others being the external factor, like X won't like that, or um, impacts on external situations, like I'm going to lose clients and have to close my business. These external factors are indicators of a possible narrative at play that may be inviting you to come and explore it a little bit. And I just... You know, I want to be clear, I'm not saying that everything that comes up for you is inherently wrong or inherently you giving the mic out because some of what comes up may actually be your authentic voice just mixed up in all of that. 
So the point is to examine, do the proverbial dump everything out on the table and decide what's helpful, what isn't, what here is backed by data that I collected versus what has no evidence supporting it. Um, That exercise has been truly helpful for me to start to be aware of, oh, I'm giving the mic out. Oh, I need to take the mic back. So those kinds of um, processes have been super, super supportive for me. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense in terms of giving the mic out. What are those external factors that are influencing how you use your voice, how you're feeling about using your voice? Mm -hmm. Um, We talked about earlier feeling safety, and I'm wondering if you could talk about how to share your voice in a way that feels grounded and safe. Oh, I love this question. And, you know, it comes up so often where um, when I ask people, what does safety even mean for you? Like, how do you define safety? A lot of people kind of pause there. And um, the first thing that comes through is is certain elements of um, really like my safety is based on what other people do or other people give to me, right? Like safety is I have a job that pays me a check so that I could pay the bills and have a roof over my head. Um, Safety is the the love and support that I get from um, friends and family. And this isn't to say that any of that's a bad thing, but it is um, something to explore of like, what does safety mean for for you? Like if there were no external factors, what does it mean just for you? Um, So I start to ask folks, you know, what does safety feel like? What does it look like? Is it associated with certain people or certain environments um, or certain elements in a space for you? And we start to go through these kind of small experiments to collect data Um, and reshape some of those moments in our life. For example, right, uh, we might say, all right, um, choosing breakfast, something as as simple as choosing breakfast. Um, What is it, what does safety feel like in that moment for you? Um, Or choosing what to wear or choosing how to decorate a space that feels safe. What are those choices that you're making that feel good for you, that make you feel safe? Um, what does safety feel like? So starting to collect data in your just everyday life of what safety means for you is, is really a great place to start. And, and the reason that we do that is because we build a relationship with our body for a holistic experience of whatever choices that we're making, right? Including when we want to amplify our voice, when we want to take back the mic, when we want to feel safe in using our voice, um, that safety is really going to come from a whole you experience, not just your mind. So when we start to pause and reflect on questions like, what does my brain say in this moment? But also, what does my heart say? What does my body say? Um, And really starting to differentiate and get a sense of, okay, there is a difference between what my head says and what my body is saying. And how can I be mindful of that wisdom across the entirety of my whole me experience. Um, All of that leads to building this inner sense of safety on your terms 
including what it means to have safety that includes your voice. So that's something that I do with my clients along with, we had talked about this a little bit earlier, was identifying the people that can support you on this journey. Um, Who gets you now? Who can you relate to now? Who do you feel safe with now as you start to explore um, taking back that mic, using your voice, um, sharing your identity, building that community around you? Yeah, I I love that your your methods of understanding what that safety looks like first in your day-to-day, like tapping into that sense of what safety feels like, because I think we can just go through experiences that push us outside of our comfort zone. We're not so in tune with how does that feel in my body? It's usually intellectually, I can understand what's going on, but that piece of feeling it in your body, because it's like your body usually knows first, like your nervous system kicks in and it's kind of the first way that you know that you're not in safety. But I think we usually ignore the physical signs and just go straight to our heads. Um, So I love that practice of, you know, just noticing, taking stock, you know, and Mm -hmm. so that you can identify that feeling when you're in it. And it speaks to the idea of embodiment, right? Practices and which I have found very helpful yet as an overthinker, introvert, highly sensitive person, Mm -hmm. and it's been really difficult for me to take on the feelings and embodying and giving myself safety Mm -hmm. and taking care of myself. It's been a real challenge for someone who's so in their head mm-hmm, mm-hmm. to then go into your body. Right. And I, I'd love to expand on that if I could. I I also spent most of my life living in my head. My head was safety. I trusted my brain and my logic for everything. And I did that so well that I just became disconnected from my body. I I I didn't I didn't understand what was happening there. And for sure, like those signs come up, but I just didn't even know how to interpret it. And um, I started to realize that my brain was making decisions for my life and saying, all right, we're going to go this way. But I still felt this internal resistance and this heaviness. And it was almost like my body was saying, wait a second, why are we going this direction? You didn't even ask me for consent to go in this direction. And no wonder why every time I wanted to go in a certain direction that was just decided by my brain, my body was like holding back and resisting and just becoming dead weight, so to speak, because it wasn't a whole me consent. Like not all of me consented to this journey. And when I realized, okay, I really need to get this whole body consent here. That's just going to make that forward momentum so much more efficient I'm not going to feel as drained because all of me is putting my energy into moving forward on this direction and not just part of me anymore. And that's why it's really, really important to start at that safety piece, at that body level safety piece, because that's going to really ripple effect into things like using our voice and feeling safe and sharing our identity with the world. Yeah, I love that you know, that you shared your experience of like your full body, not being on board. 
and that it's really is when you have the head and the heart and everything's aligned that you can show up fully and it feels good and you just have so much more momentum and different kind of energy it's, it is a totally different game when you can get to that place and it can definitely it definitely is work I can attest to that mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but it's so worth it talking about safety and, and being in our bodies can you talk a little bit about how to integrate the feminine masculine energy to create that sort of harmony that is so important to I guess our whole lives, but when we're using our voice, it, it, um, I think it can be also another powerful place to get to, to get to that harmony. So, you know, really, this is also a continuation from what we were just talking about, how so many of us live our lives with our, our brain and our logic leading the way. And, and for me, I've tended to associate my brain and my logic with like very masculine energy. Um, I've always been a planner, very strategic. I got all my ducks in a row before I make a move. And, you know, my body and my intuition associated with my feminine energy. And I recently gave myself like the longest break I've ever had. And I decided that during this break, I'm going to invite my feminine to lead during this time. I'm going to explore what that looks like for me. I wanted to explore what does real rest feel like? What does real stillness feel like and joy and reconnection with my body's wisdom? What does that actually look like for me? And in that process, I learned how to really differentiate the two different energies What does it feel like when my feminine energy shows up? What does it feel like when my masculine energy shows up? How does that show up in my body in different signs? And being able to differentiate the two helped me open up to playing what harmony between the two can look like. Because like I mentioned, my entire life, my masculine has led. I've only trusted my masculine. And for a period, I started to reintroduce myself to my feminine. Okay, this is what my feminine is like. Now, what does it look like for the two to dance? What does it look like for me to feel safe in both of those energies individually and then collectively as as they harmonize? And, you know, I found that the two feminine and masculine energy, the, the rest, the stillness combined with the action, it can be surprisingly productive in its own ways. A lot of ideas a lot of epiphanies, a lot of clarity came through unexpectedly, usually when I was in moments of really great joy, really great stillness. Hey friends, we'll get back to the show in just a moment, but I wanted to take just a few seconds to invite you to a free workshop that I created. It's called Launch a Binge-Worthy Podcast, and it's all about helping you to create a heartfelt podcast that reaches your soul listeners and grows your business. If you want access, just go to podcastandamplify.com. It's totally free. Okay, friend, back to the show. And so, you know, I had to start with understanding the signals that both energies were sending my way, feeling safe, learning how to honor them. And through that, building this inner trust between the two energies. So for me, I'm at this point where harmony 
it it works for me in a way that I wasn't expecting, but so far feels like a whole me hell yes experience. And what that basically means is I let my feminine lead and the masculine support. So for example, um, I, I let my inner voice guided by my feminine, my heart, my body, my soul decide the direction. And my brain or my masculine is invited and trusted to figure out the best tools to use on the journey. So like when I'm trying to figure out how do I show up, um, how do I want to be seen? How do I, how do I want to be heard on the mic? My first step is to tune into my body, tune into my feminine and ask, how do I feel about this? Does this feel good? And for me, those are signs of like lightness, inner joy. Um, and if it's a hell no, then I honor that. If it's a maybe, I'll explore it a little deeper. But as long as my feminine is on board, then she employs the masculine to do what it does best and figure out the tools, the strategy to do the thing. Um, but that's the the harmony and the dance that's worked for me. And yeah, that's what I wanted to share. I think that it can work for a lot of people listening. And we started the conversation talking about the challenges that communities of color face when they step up and become more visible. And I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that these ideas of the masculine feminine, checking in with ourselves and feeling into our bodies, these are kind of like radical concepts in some of our communities, right? Like Mm -hmm. this is not how we were raised. You know, we were raised to a lot of the times be high achievers, lead with the masculine, right? Produce and plan. Like you said, the having your ducks in a row, uh, the idea of checking in with your body and not using your head, because I think a lot of the time the overthinking is for really about safety, right? Leading right. on your intellect to get stuff done and to mm-hmm. accomplish and achieve. Like these are big ideas that I think in some ways are very new to our communities. So I just wanted to acknowledge that, you know, these tools are amazing. And I love that so many of us are leaning into these things more and more. And we're also coming from Mm -hmm. cultures where this is not the norm. This is like a radical new way of approaching the world. I'm thinking of just how hard my grandparents' lives have been and, and, you know, our past Mm -hmm. generations have had to deal with a lot of difficulty. So I think that's naturally hardened them. So it's wonderful that we're talking about this now. So I just see this movement of Mm -hmm. us trying to like heal and take care of ourselves. And I think that's a lot of what it goes back to the things that you're talking about and how you help people. Um, I think it's just definitely like depth in a different direction. And that feels Um, really good. Definitely, definitely. I totally agree with you 100%, especially, you know, like, as you're saying, as BIPOC, we're so used to everything having to be hard or challenging too, either because it actually is, or because we believe it has to be in order to be worthy of that success. Um, So one thing that I invite my clients to do, because they'll usually say, Maria, are you, are you saying like, it's that, um, like, I don't have to work super hard for it. I'm not to say that it's not hard work, but 
when I invite them to consider that stillness and ease and honoring the feminine and whatnot can be actually the most productive path for you, you know, there's understandable that skepticism. But what if I told you that stillness and ease and that harmony between your masculine and feminine was ancestral medicine to remember that these elements were actually your birthright? And what if I told you that you could achieve the goals you want by doing less? Would you try it? Um, and it's something that, you know, it's it's understandably scary, but I, you know, I also have come to believe in my own experience that my ancestors struggled like hell, you know, to get me into this position where I can take the easeful path. I don't have to work as hard. And what a gift it is for me to receive that and explore that and then be able to pass that on if, if that's the case or share it with community and say, you know what, there is, there is an easeful path possible here. Yes. Our ancestors, yeah, they legitimately had to struggle. And we are at this place now where we can put that down. Like we don't have to carry it with us. We can respect it and appreciate it and honor the struggle, but we don't have to take on the struggle. Mm -hmm. And I think that's something that can be hard to come to terms with because it's so ingrained in our communities, but it's so great to have other options, other possibilities. I've had to shift a lot myself in terms of the idea of hard work. What does that mean? Is it necessary? Mm -hmm. And I like the last quarter Mm -hmm. of 2021, my that was my goal was to really work on feeling spaciousness, feeling ease, but I had to work mm-hmm. at it because, man, that was not my go-to. Mm-hmm. That was not my knee-jerk reaction. I wanted yeah. to make things hard because mm-hmm. that's what I was used to. And it was funny. I was kind of like chuckling when you said, you know, you invited your clients to think about ease and and not pushing and you know, I was thinking of myself and the fact that when I stopped pushing and I just allowed things to flow and just decided to be curious about, okay, what would it be like if I didn't work, work, work? I got the same amount of work done, but I was so much less stressed and happier. And so I realized, oh, it's a story. It's a narrative. It's not truth. It's just a story I've been telling myself. Mm-hmm. And fortunately, I, you know, I feel grateful mm-hmm. that I have the space to experiment, right? And pare things down and only do what feels good. And, and it's just a whole new way of operating, but we can get stuck in these stories of how we're supposed to show up and they're not mm-hmm. always healthy for us. Right. And I love that you had this element of ownership of just how badass you are. Like I can be just as effective with less energy and still like achieve what I want to achieve because I'm just so damn good at it. I mean, I have all the evidence of my lifetime where I have excelled and I have made stuff happen with so much energy that I can do it in a more efficient way and still get just as much done as I want. I love that you picked up on that is another outcome. It was not, it wasn't just changing the narrative and how I work to give me more, you know, freedom and ease, but it is also very empowering uh, to, to have that experience. So, yeah. And just as much as the challenges are very layered, like we started with this discussion, 
the successes are also very layered, right? (laughs) Yes, I love that. So true. So Maria, this has been a really lovely conversation. I am so appreciative of your time and I want to make sure that people know how they can get in touch with you, how they can work with you. So do you want to share? Yes, yes. Um, I will be putting out new offers. So the best way to kind of check up on that is either through my website. So www.mariajaviercoaching.com or following me on Instagram. My handle is at Maria J underscore coaching. You can also email me at hello at mariajaviercoaching.com. Perfect. Well, we'll make sure to link to all of those places in the show notes. And I just want to thank you for being such a wonderful guest and sharing your wisdom. It's been a pleasure to talk with you. Likewise, Kristen. Thanks for, um, you know, inviting me to take the mic. (laughs) Yes. If you love today's episode, please subscribe so you don't miss a show. And rating and reviewing this podcast is the best way to help support us. Always remember your voice and what you have to offer is needed in the world. Until next week, take care.